ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty, and with me, as always, is the man who once beat Benjamin Grimm in a game of paper, rock, scissors, ironically, by using rock. Mr. Drew Celestino. I did add I had help. Uh, uh, <laughs> I had help. You had help. Can you tell that I need help? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the Yancey Street gang was backing me up. So, oh. You know, like they do. Like they do. How you doing, sir? <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, long week. Long week. Long I, week. Believe me, I know the feeling. Long day. Oh. Yeah, so here we are. Here we are again for our third episode. Uh, we're back in. Very excited to be here. Again, thank you very much to all the positive feedback we got from our second episode and the positive feedback we've been getting on the show. We're very flattered by it. We appreciate it. If we could just ask you, dear listener, put the word out about the show. Spread it out. Let people know about the show. Pollinate. Pollinate. Cross-pollinate. Look at, look at you dropping the science. Well, you know. And if people ask you, hey... Where can I find information on this great new podcast I hear about? You can direct them to our Twitter feed at Devil's Due Pod. They can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod or just search the Devil's Due. And you can also email us using that fine forgotten art at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Email is still my jam, but whatever. Yeah, we uh, the only thing we've gotten in the, the Devil's Due Pod email is an email saying that the Show's been approved by iTunes. No, that's so something. So Apple likes us. Uh, <laughs> do just, they, though? Do they like anybody? They like Unless anyone. they get a cut. <laughs> so you said it was, it's been a long week, long day. Anything of note? Have anything exciting happen in your week? Um, hmm. Grumpy. I sound grumpy. I shouldn't be. Um, let's <laughs> Drew see. Drew Grumpy? Uh, no. Little, come on, man! This is a new show, new, new, uh, new Drew, sort of, kind of, <laughs> sort of. Definitely a personality transplant since my last uh, podcasting endeavor, for a variety of reasons, mostly personal though, as in myself. But uh, anyway, not you're, to get off, a tan- off on a tangent. Hu- here. You're hugging yourself more. You're you're loving the you that's inside the Drew. Kind, kind of, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I, I put on, I, I turn it on for the show, man, but there's some <laughs> deep-seated stuff happening. Uh, no, it was, it was good. Good week. Uh, I get, well, no, bad week, but some good good features happened this week. On uh, Wednesday, Wednesday especially uh, was, a, was a banner night for pro wrestling. Um, I had some people over for uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor on NXT. Uh, it's likely Finn Balor's final match in NXT before he gets the big call-up. And obviously, obviously, in case you didn't know, I'm a bit of a Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, what they call a mark. So mm-hmm. I kind of love everything that man does. So uh, it was great. And then that was immediately followed by the I still can't believe it happened on a WWE uh, uh, funded endeavor. The Cruiserweight Classic, the opening uh, the opening. F- three or four matches of that uh three three matches the opening three matches of that tournament tournament i said of the cruiserweight classic were were immediately following the nxt show and it was unlike anything i've ever seen produced by wwe and i am amazed i am shocked and amazed that they that they are even allowing it to happen vince does vince mcmahon doesn't know this is happening (laughs) somewhere in a room He's asleep and and muttering, and everyone is just saying, "Don't tell Vince this is going on. Don't tell him what it is. He doesn't know who these guys are. He doesn't know what we're doing." That's funny. You you are a big wrestling buff. I mean, a little bit, a little I, bit. I didn't get an invitation months in. Just yeah, you know, just saying, just out there. 
I'll throw the invitation. I, I throw the invites out to those who will probably accept. <laughs> Ouch. Wrestling is not for everyone. I understand that. No, it's not. But you know what? I'm not about to knock you about, uh, on it because you know what? There's too much friggin' knocking people for doing something they enjoy going on lately. Yeah, all you Pokemon Go players, for instance. Oh my god! Like, okay, Pokemon, not my thing. Do your thing, man. I don't. I'm I don't not know. big in Pokemon. Nope. I don't play Pokemon Go. Just be safe out there, kids. But, yeah, just be safe. Don't run look, in the street. Yeah, look up from the phone. Don't run in the street. Don't fall off cliffs. And have yourself a good old time with Pokemon Go. And if I, you find a dead body, do report it to the police, please. Because yes. this is, this is apparently has happened twice oh, in the last week. People have found dead bodies searching for, for, for Pokemon. It's a thing. It's a huge thing. It's taken over the internet. But, like, I don't get the people who just feel they need to bash the people who are playing. Well, it's... it's <laughs> You get into a vicious circle. What's more annoying, the people playing Pokemon Go, the people that bitch about the people playing Pokemon Go, or the people that bitch about the people that bitch about playing Pokemon Go? So you're saying I'm part of the problem. I, we're, uh, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's cool. Okay. I just say do what you do and uh, try and leave me alone. <laughs> and, we're, and we'll be fine. <laughs> Go catch them all. Leave me be. That's right. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I mean, you know, not for nothing. Carl and I are in our 30s. So, Late please. 30s in one of our cases. Still clinging to the early. <laughs> uh, you're, you're in the mid, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fringe of the mid. <laughs> fringe. And I like it that way. Oh, man. That's great. Well, I'm glad you had a week with, uh, with some high points. Some high points. Good. Strikes hey. and gutters, ups and downs, as uh, a great man once said. I got you, dude. So, yeah. Um, How about you? Baby's teething. Baby's teething? Baby's well, teething. lucky you. Yeah. So, it's kind of a um, one day on, one day off thing where he'll be fine one day and next day he is, he's my own little raging demon. He'll get past that. Yeah. And then it'll yeah. be smooth sailing until he turns two. Uh-huh. So, it's, yeah. soak it in. So, yeah. That's, that's been occupying my week. But I'm excited this weekend. Evo. Ah, yes. Evo Championship Series. The fighting game tournament. For those of you who don't know, as much as Drew is a big wrestling fan, I am a huge fighting game fanatic. And this year is, uh, this this weekend is the annual Evo, EVO Championship Series that's being held in Las Vegas. It's the world's biggest fighting game tournament. Over 5,000 entrants just for Street Fighter V alone. If we can come together for a moment, I have a sneaking suspicion that... Kenny Omega will be there. Oh, the, I'm sure he will be. The cleaner, Kenny Omega, the uh, NJPW zone, Kenny Omega. Uh, and I'm also fairly confident that Xavier Woods, WWE's. Xavier Woods, as he continued to correct people on the feed at the last tournament. Look. Xavier Woods. I'll, I'll take the man at his word, but it's not even his real name, so <laughs> who is he to tell me how to say it? There you go. In any case, I believe he'll be there. And if uh, Kenny Omega... Uh, if his latest YouTube video is to be believed. Um, so, okay. Now, again, I'll, I'll speak to you in fighting game parlance or in comic book parlance if you, uh, if you are a comic book fan it's as this show. So you have your Street Fighter. You've got your Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Okay. You've got your DC. You've yep. got your Marvel. You've got NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you've got WWE. These things are independent entities unto themselves, and crossovers do not happen. 
Many, many interests prevent these things from crossing over with any sort of frequency. I mean, it can happen, but it's extraordinarily rare. Yeah. Well, Kenny and Xavier have crossed paths on YouTube, as you might know. Yes. Uh, and whether anyone knows this or not in WWE, well, Xavier Woods certainly knows it. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, they go by, they're, they're a, three, a three-man team called the Elite they're like a psych of the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is like the... It's, it's complicated, but trust me. <laughs> trust me, it's, it's cool. They've been actively calling out the New Day in NJPW, even though they can't do anything, but yeah, they've yeah. been actively doing it because they just feel like they can and they're going to, even though it'll never really come to fruition. But they, Kenny feels that if you put it out there enough, you kind of will it into existence. So he's been doing it actively. Well, in the last YouTube video, Kenny seemed to call a friend at the end of the video. Now, in case you don't know, Kenny and Xavier have met before at a fighting game tournament. Yes, so I sent you the link. I was like, hey, you check did. this out. You, did. you didn't watch it. And uh, so he, he's at the phone with somebody after he'd just spoken to his friends, the Young Bucks, and he says, yes, we're going to do it again, right? I, or, you know, it's the wheels are in motion. Yeah. Did you tell them? Yeah, I told my I told them. Okay. Yeah, we all know we'll meet that we'll meet there. So if 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 this is all kind of coalescing, I believe that the new day will be meeting up and facing the elite in some capacity, likely at Evo. I'm just nice. guessing, but because nice. that they can't actually have a wrestling match because yeah. of yeah. contractual obligations and legalities. There's nothing saying that they can't all just be at Evo and have a Street Fighter tournament. There so, you go. There you go. That's pretty awesome. And probably the most awesome thing, we'll, we'll end this whole wrestling video game stuff on this, is that this year the uh, the grand finals of Street Fighter Five and Evo are going to be televised on ESPN2. The deuce. That, that's the world we live in now. It's better than the Ocho. That's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty freaking awesome. I love that. All right, folks, hey. we have a huge show for you. Past couple episodes, we've basically just been doing our little intro and then going right into the episode of Daredevil. We're going to start phasing in some new segments on the show for you, and we've got some that we're going to be doing tonight, so it's going to be a little more jam-packed show for you. Uh, let us know, by all means, at those sources mentioned earlier, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see us do with the show. I've already had a request from a friend of mine that we need to do just a completely just all geek culture encompassing show. And I was like, oh, we're, we're we're focused here on, yeah, on Devil's Due, man. We are we are laser focused for right now. Who knows what the future holds? But for right now, this is our jam, and we're enjoying it. So, but we're gonna dip a toe in the water. We are. We're, we're, we're you know, the water is, is nice. We it's dip a toe in the water. Well, we're checking it. We're just making yeah. sure it's nice. Exactly. So for the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to open up the case files, so to speak. Ooh, and we're going to discuss some news items that. that have happened this week. Puns. Uh, yes, pun. It's so punny. So for our first news item, it was announced by uh, Marvel hmm? earlier this week that the original creative team behind the run of jessica jones i ah, see this ties in yeah it's, it's this is all tied. a lot of times news is going to be from different things in geek culture this particularly these two items in a roundabout way tie in to marvel. daredevil yeah daredevil marvel the grand picture 
the original creative team, which was Brian Michael Bendis as the writer. And Michael Gatos as the, as the artist. Michael Gatos as the artist, are going to be relaunching the Jessica Jones comic book series. Correct. They originally did that. Uh, it was called Alias at the, at the same time as a television called television show called Alias. Was yes. On, which starred who? Jennifer Gardner. What was she in? She was in a movie called Daredevil. See how all this... It's, it's... It's so weird. It's a circle of life. Man. All roads lead back to Daredevil. In any case, no relation yeah. to the show. Yeah, no relation to the show. This is a Marvel comic series that is uh, that's starting up again. Uh, Marvel is a little more... Reboot, relaunch. Happy oh, they sure are. The past five to ten years than in recent than memory beyond that uh, but this is a welcome uh, announcement because the original alias series even though i didn't read it because i'll confess when i saw it on the shelves i was like i don't want to read a series based on the television show i'd listen <laughs> i'm putting my cards out there that- but but hang on but but what if i what if i told you that even though you were wrong then you're right now. But when will then be now? Soon. See, it was a book based on a TV series, but the TV series was 10, 15 years in the future, which is now. So now is now. Now is now. Alias was then, but it is now, now on TV. Mind bomb. Yeah, so... So yeah, let's chew on that for a while. That's, are you gonna <laughs> Are you gonna check out the new series? Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm actually very curious uh, to see where that goes. Now, here's why, and here's some spoilers, folks. Uh, Jessica Jones, the TV show, followed Daredevil, the TV show on Netflix, and it got it, it was good. It was good. Um, we'll, we we we'll, might tackle a little bit yeah. of that later on. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. They could have clipped it by, like, in my opinion, like maybe four episodes or so. It got a little tedious there for a little bit. But, 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 I digress. Good show. Well performed. Uh, Kristen Ritter played uh, Jessica Jones. Did a great job. They introduced uh, a, a good cast around her with yeah. uh, with Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. Um, so it was good. And the Purple Man was fantastic, oh, although he wasn't purple. Small nitpick. Yeah. Should have had purple skin, but... Yeah. but I was kind of hoping, like, at that end, he was going to turn purple. In any case, um, that series was based on Alias, and uh, Jessica Jones' life in that initial run was a train wreck, which the show accurately depicts. Yes. Jessica Jones now, 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 um, that's Luke Cage's baby mama. Yep. They're married. They have a They have a daughter. Uh, she's in a much different place now yeah. than she was then. So now that they're rebring, so they're making a new series to sort of capitalize on the success of the television show. But I'm worried that people that enjoyed the show might read the new series and be like, "Who is this? What? What? Yeah, what? what? It'll be interesting to see." But, but my my fear there also then, now that I said that out loud, is that Marvel's going to go ahead and do something awful to revert her back to a terrible status quo uh, in the name of synergy. They do that. So they do do that. Anyway. So yeah, that that's your news the, item. Yeah, that's our, our first news item. Our second news item. You guys, you're learning so much about Drew and I in this episode. Um, those who already know us, this comes as no surprise, especially with the t-shirt that Drew is wearing. Oh, no. We Pure are huge Star Wars fans. I am. And all four movies. All four movies. 
right. You can guess which four I mean. Yep. And we'll leave it at that. Yep. I accept the existence of other films, but I by no means praise them as being good movies. I don't know what you're talking about at all. I understand. So right now, currently, uh, Star Wars Celebration is going on, which is... That's a celebration, Richard. <laughs> Lucasfilm said, you know, why are we going to bring all this stuff to Comic-Cons and whatnot when we could just have our own convention? Yeah. It's going on in London? Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. it's London right now. So well, they're go- filming there, yeah, you know. it's going on in London, and the big to-do with this year's celebration is the film that will be coming out this December, I believe it's 17th. That's correct. Star Wars, or I'm sorry, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes. This story tells the tale of how the original plans to the Death Star were stolen for the Rebel Alliance. And we were treated to a two and a half minute uh, video. Not, I wouldn't go as so far not as a trailer. It is a, it's, it's not a behind a the scenes look. It's behind the scenes, but we got a ton of new footage in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so on board oh totally it looks great it looks like a total a totally different take on star wars than we're used to seeing um grounded very grounded take on the universe which looks really cool yeah i'm excited to see a star wars story that does not revolve around the skywalker family Mm -hmm. that does not necessarily revolve around jedi versus sith no no um so yeah it's very you know one of the things i'm excited to see most is donnie yen Okay. His character looks extreme. He's a blind dude. Just hey, look at that! Yeah. A blind guy, uh-huh. a, a blind guy who can whoop some ass. See, it's so much synergy. Thanks. So yeah, that's coming out this December. Go online, check out the video. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing more coming up with Comic Con. I believe is coming up here this weekend or next weekend, San Diego Comic Con. So yeah, gonna be a lot of talk. Be- There's gonna be a lot to talk about very soon with. San Diego coming, for sure. Exactly. Marvel is making, uh, I guess they said they weren't going to be there, but now they they weren't there last year, right? Yeah. Marvel, yeah. Marvel skipped because it entirely. They weren't there last year because it was two weeks before Ant-Man. Ah, so they, they had nothing to show. Yeah, what, what are they get? They're going to show well, us just the preview we've been seeing on TV for from, the past couple weeks? From what I understand, they're back this year with, with Thor? Uh, Thor and Doctor Strange. Ooh. Full Doctor Strange expose, I would hope. I'm, so. I'm more excited to see stuff on Thor. Not that I don't want to see things on Doctor Strange. I'm very excited about Doctor Strange, but Thor Ragnarok just sounds very promising from sure. things they've been talking about. It's got oh. Jeff Goldblum in it. That's Tay. Uh, uh, Asgardians uh, find a way. Yes, that is correct. Not to mention Tom Hiddleston will be in as Loki in some capacity. Yes. And that role is just fantastic. I love him in it. And, uh, Natalie uh, Natalie Portman, she's not going to be in it though. Nope. Oh, nope. They get, they said well, because that's good, man. Because that means the door is open <laughs> for, for Darcy Darcy to come in. Darcy, dude, give me more Cat Dennings all day. I thought you were going to say Lady Sif. She's good too, but 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 Cat yeah. Dennings though. No, I think they said that their <laughs> logic for not having Natalie Portman is that almost the entirety of the film takes place either in Asgard or other realms that are not Earth. That and money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But what? Whatever. We'll see what happens. Raise your hand if you miss her. That's what I thought. Oh, you. Oh, stop. I like Natalie Portman. Leave me alone. All right. So that's those are quick news items for you. You can check those out. Um, I'm sure they're all over the interwebs. Next thing we got coming up is we have a review, not an episode review, mind. Not yet. But slowly, a comic book review. 
the new episode, the new issue, I'm sorry, of Daredevil came out this week. The current run that is being done by Charles Soule, mm-hmm. who's the writer. There is a it's, guest artist. This, it feels like this whole... Uh, okay, I'm going to be... What, what, this is the issue, what, 10? 9, 10? This is issue 9. 9. Um, this, we're 9 issues in. I didn't care for... Uh, I, I'm just going to go right into the whole... Well, let's give a quick catch-up for the readers. Well, um, it's part of that. This, okay, all right. So Marvel relaunched Daredevil about 9 months ago, as, you, as, as we're on monthly comics here. Um, Daredevil, the previous from Mark Wade and uh, Chris Samney, right? Yeah, fantastic, fun, lighthearted. Uh, the new run by Charles Soule, who, by the way, is a lawyer in addition to being a comic book writer, so he's kind of in his wheelhouse here. Um, it's more of a return to a darker tone, but I, I gotta admit, man, I'm not really impressed with it. I, uh, the first arc didn't wow me. Uh, I don't like the costume. I really don't like the yeah. costume. And more on that in this issue, Spidey, who guest stars in issue nine here, does comment on that, which I appreciate. Um, but I feel like the costume here is, again, in the name of synergy, was just a blatant attempt to try and capitalize on the success of the show and bring in more of the black uh, proto suit into the comic book world for new readers to go like, oh, yeah, OK, Daredevil. Yeah, I don't I don't see the suit staying. I don't see. The suit oh, I really permanent. hope not. At first, when I first saw the suit, to give you guys an idea, the suit is predominantly black with the the DD emblem on the chest, the it's, belt, the gloves, the boots are all red. The DD also has like some weird kind of flourish on it, which looks really yeah. silly. And I'm sorry, man, but the thing that, that really irks me more than anything else in that whole ensemble he's got on, you're a superhero, right? And now that, okay, so quick Daredevil history nugget for everybody. Matt, and a big plot point of this, this new Daredevil series is that Matt um, has regained his secret identity, although it's a little vague as to how. They haven't disclosed they yet. Spun, they spun out of Secret Wars, though, which, oh boy, is opening up a whole other door. So if, if, if any of you guys out there don't know what Secret Wars was and what happened in it, I'm going to try to keep it brief here. Basically, the whole Marvel, Marvel Universe like reset itself in a... Not itself, but there's reasons why it happened. But one of the things that spun out of that was all new kind of thing. The continuity changes. Yeah. And one of those things I thought anyway was that Matt, his identity was now secret again. How? Uh-huh. But Secret Wars. So you can just hand wave it. But it seems like they're building it up in this Daredevil series that Matt actually actively did something to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Yeah. So in any case, his identity is secret again. And... uh when you have a secret identity and you have to change your clothes very quickly, like, you know, let's say he's got the costume on under his clothes all the time, for instance, that, that the taped up hands, dude, the red tape all over his hands on this costume, you can't just roll around a pair of gloves you can put on. Yeah. Taping up the hands takes time. He's a son of a boxer. You might know how to do it quickly. I'm just being devil's advocate here. Sad. <laughs> Look at you with the devil's but, advocate. Um, yeah, that, that little detail, it, like, you know what that was? That was an artist, like, doing his concert, and going, this looks cool. <laughs> this looks so cool. And you didn't think about any sort of practical application. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. Um, I, I don't hate the costume. I miss the original. When I first saw the costume, I was like, are they doing Shadowland again? Another reason why I don't like it. It reminds me of Shadowland, which is a terrible, <laughs> terrible story. Which we will review. Oh, I've never read it, actually. Ugh. So I'm going to have to track it down. Andy Diggle, you know, the writer? Yeah, yeah. Acclaimed writer. Acclaimed. He's, you know, he's done, he's done good work in the biz. He followed Brubaker on Daredevil. 
I didn't think it was possible for anyone to like tank Daredevil Volume Two because it was Kevin Smith, David Mack, Brian Bendis, Ed Brubaker, pedigree. Like that book was you. You would have to try really hard to screw that up. Andy Diggle found a way to screw that up. <laughs> Granted, he was probably saddled. I'm just guessing he was saddled with an event. They said, "Here, you have to do an event with Daredevil by yeah. editorial." So maybe he did the best he could. You never know. But, woof. So so this issue of Daredevil number nine, it's (laughs) the second part of a new story arc. Uh, We see Daredevil in Las Vegas, and he is tracking down something. He's currently working on a plan to end all the organized crime in New York City. Yeah, for the, and he got some intel from the Black Cat or something, right? Yeah. So he's, he's in Hong Kong. He's tra- yeah, Hong no, Macau. Macau. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not My Hong bad. Kong. Macau. So he's tracking down this case with vital information in it. He calls in Spider-Man to help him out, and they go through this huge fight to get this case. Uh, a lot of this issue, I'll be the first one to say, a lot of the issue is fluff. Um, yes. Until like the last three or four pages. The artist on this, though, uh, Goran Sudzka. Dude, I couldn't tell you. Marvel lately has basically subbed out all of their art to um, overseas talent. Uh, I don't mind that so much because, y- you know, you got to find new You got to find new talent. Like Linnell Francis Yu, for instance. Dude. That's good. Talent. Guys, talented. So I'm not opposed to finding foreign talent, but Mar- Marvel's making it more of a point to do it. And I, eh, I, if you ask me, it's not about finding talent. It's about keeping the cost down. Yeah, I can so. see that. Um, I do like the art in this issue, though. It's very reminiscent of the art in the previous run. Uh, very close to the Sam C art. Samney? Samney. A L- little, little bit. little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, it's overall, it's not a bad issue. No. and uh, this, There's a lot of fluff to it. There's good action to it. Um, I'm always going to be on board for a Spider-Man uh, Daredevil team up. Where I will, I will give, see, like I said, I've not been impressed so far with this run of Daredevil. Um, it, it's just been kind of like, they're trying to establish some kind of point to it all. This issue comes as close as any to doing that, I think, it's because Matt can bounce off of Spider-Man. And Spider-Man hits him with some perspective, which is pretty, you know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting because Spidey, you know, traditionally has been like the hard luck. Again, we've been over this a little bit. But yeah. Spidey dishing out advice this time, and it's, and it's honestly not bad. Saying, you know, because, again, the black, this, this black costume situation with Matt kind of comes up. And Daredevil, um, he, he gets, he gets kind of told by Spidey, like, look, black costume eras, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, sometimes it has, sometimes it's got to happen, but be careful. Yeah. Bad things can happen if you're going to let that kind of consume you. And I, I thought that was interesting. That was a, that's, that's a little, that's two characters that have been around the block a few times, kind of, you know, waxing philosophical about their adventuring in their lives. Even though Spider-Man doesn't know who Daredevil is anymore, which he does remark on, like, you know, we've had all these adventures for years, and we we go back a long ways, but for some reason, I don't know who you are, and yet I think I yeah. used to. And Matt has to actually kind of come clean. He doesn't tell him who he is, but he tells him that he did used to know who because he was. Because Spider-Man was in a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're more alike than you think. In which was resolved by a terrible storyline. Maybe maybe Daredevil made a deal with Mephisto. Quite possibly, although in Spider-Man, they're 
tugging at the strings. Of course they are. Uh, Everything old is new again. Listen, if they're going to unravel and undo one more day, we should support that wholeheartedly. I, I miss Mary Jane, man. So do I. Mary and Spidey was cool. He, got, he was allowed to grow up. Exactly. So, yeah. Um... Uh, Decent issue. Decent. It's not it's not earth shattering or anything. It's not super great. It's not super bad. It's a decent issue. You get your your two ninety nine worth or three ninety nine, what have you. Um yeah. So we're gonna be doing uh Daredevil comic reviews and other comic reviews. Like it uh Drew, what else you read? Do you read anything this week that kinda of stuck out to you that you can suggest to the people? I'm 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 not a good person to ask, to be honest with you, because I'm very much uh as you can see behind in my reading. But stuff that generally comes up to the top of my read pile, it's increasingly less and less uh, Marvel and DC. And it's uh, more and more creator-owned stuff. So, hang on, let me grab said pile really quickly. All right, my top three, real quick, just that I, the top three from the pile. Uh, series that I enjoy. Uh, Paper Girls by... Um, Brian K. Vaughn. It's on number seven right now. This is a fun series. It's about a, 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 a gang of paper girls in the 1980s. <laughs> Time travel is involved. It's cool. Trust me. Image likes their series set in the 80s because I'm still reading Deadly Class. They know their market, sir. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but no, seriously, uh, Paper Girls is pretty good. Brian K. Vaughn, in case you all don't know, is a fantastic comic book writer. And I can highly, 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 highly recommend uh, his series, Why the Last Man. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Ex Machina, um, which was a more of a political bend series, but very cool. Tony Harris had the art. Oh, fantastic. It ends kind of poorly, but any, good good stuff. He's currently writing Saga, which, if you don't know, is like one of the hottest books on the market. Just finished the most recent trade. I'm man, reading in trade. Talk about tugging heartstrings. That oh, series tugs heartstrings, man. Does. And Why the Last Man, by the way, one of the very few instances where I have cried on a comic book. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, um, But yeah, so Paper Girls is a new series. I'm not, it hasn't reached those levels yet, but it's only seven issues in it, but yeah. it's very enjoyable. If it's seven issues, I'm assuming the first trade is out. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Right, yes. yes. Uh, Lazarus by Greg, Luck, Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. I love this book. It's flipping great. Rucka's doing the new Wonder Woman series for... There's some controversy DC. about that, too, but I don't want to talk about that on this show. But I love Lazarus. This is a great book. It's on number 22 right now. Trades are available. Um, I, I'm not going to give you a synopsis. It, it, it takes... I'll, I'll try. It takes place in, you know, in a, a future where there is no more governments there's families essentially like like big controlling families kind of like old Prime old king- not really it's they're like modern kingdoms essentially and they they hold territory and like if you're not in the family or a part of their military you're kind of like a serf and if you're not a serf you're just human waste like gotcha. it's it's pretty cool cool lazarus the title uh, every family has a Lazarus, which is basically a super soldier of their own that they ah. but that they only bring out for like the heavy hitting missions, and they can regenerate, and they're like the right hand of the leader of the family. It's it's pretty heavy stuff. Great book. Um, yeah, good stuff. And then you're gonna laugh, but you know what? Laugh all you want. It's a freaking good book. Uh, Klaus, number six of seven, by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. This is an origin story of Santa Claus. I'm familiar with the book. It's great. It's so cool. (laughs) 
You laugh. It's really good. It's we're in midsummer. It's on number six, and I'm still reading the origin story of Santa, and it's it's so awesome. This issue finally like gets mystical. Like the the guy who becomes Santa finally like has an encounter with spirits, and I think he's about to he's he's about to fully become the Santa. And who is the writer again? Grant Morrison. Uh-huh. It's great. I'm telling I'm telling you, it's great. Trust me, this will be a holiday classic for decades to come. <laughs> That's anyway, cool. yeah. oh, and descent. I can see it just only because I can see it out of the corner of my eye. A uh, descender by Jeff Lemire. Jeff yep. Lemire. I'm not trying to say it. Whatever. Um, that's a good book if you like sci-fi. If you like uh, Mass Effect and, and and Star Trek and and you know spacey kind of stuff. So space. Uh, descender is right up your alley. Cool. Good book. Awesome. Um, as far as stuff that I can recommend, I've actually been, I, I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, I've been really enjoying the DC Rebirth titles. Yeah, I'm rolling pretty hard right now. It, it feels classic DC, and it's great. I'm not sure which ones I'm going to keep up with, but I haven't uh, come across any that I say, wow, this is bad. Like, I just read Nightwing number, Rebirth number one. That was really good. Uh, the Green Arrow series is still probably uh, ahead of the pack on those, but that's predominantly what I've been reading mostly. So, all right. As for our comic reviews, now for our last new segment of the show, we're doing, we're doing all the new stuff up front, huh? We're doing front all the loading. new stuff all front, front loading. Front Give us plenty of time for the episode in the back. Oh boy! As you know, Mister Drew Celestino, my they might not know. They may not know. Um, he is a man of many talents. Some well, might go so far <laughs> as to say a Renaissance man. Uh. <laughs> uh, one of the talents that Drew has is enjoying enjoyment for homebrew beer, which brings us to a segment that we'll, uh, we're going to try out on the show. It's not going to be every episode, and it's called Kitchen, because, you know, Daredevil takes place in Al's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Kitchen Brew with our friend Drew. Oh, which are rhymes. Ha, huh, okay. Anybody um, want a peanut? So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, uh, um, let me give me a quick clarity on that. I don't just enjoy a good home brew. I'm a big craft brew uh, enthusiast. And um, this is going to sound, oh, okay, so here's, here's the thing. I don't want to scare anybody away. Craft beer tends to have a sort of hipster-esque connotation to it. I'm scared. By, by the, by, I mean, like, you know, the... the uh, the, the swirly mustache and, and, and man pre and v-neck kind of hipster, I mean. And, like, I'm not that, as you, you know, as you can clearly see. Does it have a man bun? Yes, hipsters have man buns. So the craft, the craft beer scene kind of got mixed into that for some reason. So when I say this, it's going to sound super hipster, and I totally don't mean it to, but I, I want to lay out context. <laughs> I've been into craft craft beer before it was a thing. And I, that, oh god, I, I feel fucking. I, oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. I feel so dirty saying that, but uh, no. When I was like 17, when I was 17, it I drank some very good beer. Anyway, it's Brian McGee. Uh, no, I, my first good beer was a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale when I was uh, before I was even legally old enough to drink, and uh, it set me on a path of good beer. And at the time late 90s early 2000s this was not yet a, a huge day a huge national phenomenon you know it was growing but it was not what it is right now so i've kind of like watched this whole thing explode and it's very cool um 
but yeah, I've, I'm, I've been, I'm super into it. I'm super passionate about it because I've been into this for so long and I've had so many great brews over the years and I've been to so many great breweries and I myself do the home brew myself. And, you know, in the last year or year or two, I would say, um, I finally got into a place where I'm, I consider myself good at it. So I've been doing it for a number of years, but just in the last couple, I've kind of come into my own and it's, it's a good feeling to be able to say that. So, um, right now in the kitchen brew, if you want to make it a physical place, I guess I've got in my primary fermentation vessel, which I'll be transferring to secondary fermentation tomorrow. These are technical terms, kids, uh, send those questions on Twitter or Facebook or to our email address. And I will happily explain what all this means. Um, I'm transferring it tomorrow. I have the, um, Ryder's Eve Rye IPA. So um, what that is is a rye malt IPA. IPAs are India Pale Ales, for those of you who do not know. I didn't know. Now you know. IPA is a style of beer, India Pale Ale. They call it that because India Pale Ales traditionally in the British were pale ales, brewed in Britain, that were extra hopped so that they would survive the journey from Britain to India. That's the origins of the style. We have new. us Americans, of course, have taken it and made it into a whole different animal. Um, we, we've, we've jacked them up big time, as, as we as we <laughs> want to do. Remember the Dennis Leary phenomenon? Like only in America would cocaine not be good enough for somebody. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like that. Only in America would we say like, you know, that pale ale is pretty good. But you know, what we're gonna do we're gonna jack it up. So. <laughs> That's how it's been an arms race of hops uh, for years now, which is great because I love hops. Anyway, yeah, so my rye IPA uh, will be going into secondary fermentation tomorrow. In two weeks after that, it will be bottled. And then two to three weeks after that, it will be ready for consumption. Cool. Um, It did not go according to plan, unfortunately. Um, It's a little uh, less ABV than I wanted, alcohol by volume for the uninitiated. Um, But. I know how that happened. I know how to fix it so that next time around, I will not make that same mistake, and it will be a little more uh, on the nose to my recipe. So now I'm crafting, uh, like I said, in the last couple of years, I'm getting better and better at this. I'm crafting new recipes more than I ever have, and I'm trying to be very, very uh, true to myself and my interests with the names. So the Ryer's Eve is based on the song Dyer's Eve by my favorite band Metallica, for those of you who don't, who don't know. Um so yeah, that's my that's my uh, kitchen brew for the week. That's that's my little kitchen brew story. Still waiting for bureau of the day. Bureau of the day. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> that's a little. We can do better. A little too on the nose. A little too on the nose. All right. Cool. But yeah, thanks for letting me spout off there for a moment. No problem. We're gonna we're gonna try out these little segments here and there. Uh, like we said, it's not gonna be an every week thing. Uh, but. We're gonna we're gonna introduce some culture into the show. Culture. 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 Beyond, culture beyond geek culture. Expanding your palates, so to speak. Exactly. So, again, if you have any questions for Drew about uh, brewing, things like that, by all means, submit them to Facebook, submit them to Twitters. Um, I'm sure Drew can be persuaded to throw some pictures up on the Facebook page of the process and whatnot, everything that happens. Got a few uh, that I take along the way. So, yeah, I can can share some of those. Cool. Awesome. Now, let's get to what you've all been waiting for. Thank you very much for indulging us. Episode 3 recap of Daredevil. Now, based on the episode that we've just... Based on, number one, the episode that we watched and then our time limit on... We like to keep a tight... We want to run a tight ship here on The Devil's Due. 
Some podcasts can go for two plus hours. Lord knows I've done them. But uh, <laughs> we, we want to keep this tight. High and tight, as they say. So this, we're going to try and uh, keep this tight. So let's get into the episode three here. This episode is called Rabbit in the Snow. Rabbit in the Snow. Opens up. Not a boxer pun this time. No. Not cut man. No. Opens up in a bowling alley. Sadly, one minus Mr. Lebowski. Yeah, but but the guy that uh, is bowling kind of looks like the Jesus. He does. A little bit. A little bit. He's got the purple shirt on. He's if, got the mustache. If they could have got John Totoro, oh, he, I'd, like, I'd have lost it. He's like the Jesus, like 20 years yeah. from when you saw him sure. in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. He's Transformers Totoro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he devolved. Transformers. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So, gentleman uh, walks in, and then he has to bowl, but they're closing up, and only guy allowed to bowl is Mister Mister Jesus. I even though it's not his real name, but yeah, let's go with that. He's he's, he's quite obviously someone of power in the underworld. Yeah. Uh, guy has to bowl. He says, like you said, they're closing up, and he's like, "Can I ask the guy if I can bowl with them?" And she's like, "It's your funeral." Yep. He goes over, asks, the guy tells him to essentially F off. Yep. And that's when our little ginger friend... Pulls a gun. Pull, well, no, doesn't pull a gun first. Quickly dispatches of the bodyguards with yeah, hand, yeah. hand-to-hand-ish. Hand-to-hand. But the then, styles. But then pulls a gun, and then we have a flashback. We, Daredevil loves flashbacks. So flashy-backy. But I have in my... Again, my notes. Oh, Turk. Oh, Turk. Turk's back. Turk's got a busted nose. Here's what you need to know about Turk, everybody. Turk is the lovable loser. He'll never yep. learn his lesson, but he never really succeeds. <laughs> yeah. He will never... He's... He's the, he's, the, he's the underworld foggy, but less competent. Yes. The, yes. The, exactly. The comic relief. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that works. That works for Turk. Okay, so... Turk, this gun will never jam. This gun is not going to jam... Guarantees it. Flash forward to our uh, little ginger would-be assassin. Yeah. Click. Gun jams. Gun jams. Now so, we're fighting. Now we're fighting. And Mr. Bowler can definitely throw down with the best of them. Uh, but it is hard to defend against a bowling ball being smashed into your face three times. Just now. Okay. Before, even There's be- no even, block. Even before that, can I, can I say that this show has... Already laid the foundation of, of violence and and you know the gritty yeah. real world that we live in brutality. We're still if you're new to the show and you've maybe seen the Avengers, you know it's already a little jarring. Yeah. Well, in the opening of this episode, before he smashes his face in with a bowling ball, oh, yeah, we, get a little, little. we get a compound fracture of his arm twice, popping out of his skin. Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. He breaks and then breaks again. It's crazy. And then and we see that again later in this episode. This uh, episode really ratcheted up. Oh, yeah. It's savage. The brutality yes. of the show, which oh, was yeah. already pretty brutal. So, yeah, compound fracture, and then the assassin crushes the guy's skull with a bowling ball three times. Stashes the gun under the pinball the machine. the pinball machine, which leads us to a wonderful moment later in the episode that I, as a fighting game fan, I have notes on that, love. too. Um, and then the cops show up. He puts his hand behind his head. Willingly. Willingly. Yep. He was ex- it's like he was expecting the cops. Hmm. Um, says, I want a lawyer. Intro credits. Gee, I wonder who his lawyer's going to be. Who's it going to be? Who do we know he's a lawyer? Now. So. After the credits. Question. 
Yes. Because here we are. We Matt, our, the man, man of the hour. Yeah. Does he just hang around outside of church? Was there a reason that he was... He didn't go in. He was just hanging out outside. Yeah, we've got Matt and uh, Father Lantham. But why was he outside? I had a mind. Why not notes, go in? Here, here's my theory. In my notes, I had Matt wants to talk slash doesn't. Ah, I think... He's conflicted. Because time is clearly passing between these episodes. Yes. And Matt is out every night doing daredevil-y things. Mm-hmm. The, and he has no one to share that aspect of his life with. With his Catholic background, he knows that, like, obviously he can go to confessional and that's protected. Yeah. Like, and the priest says, you could kill 10 people and I could not tell anyone. Yep. So I think Matt needs someone to talk to about this aspect of his life. But then when he's there in the moment, he rethinks it and just kind of goes on his way. But Father whatever. Lantum. Lantum lays the foundation. This is the first uh, reference to the recurring character, the cappuccino machine. Yes. (laughs) Coffee. Yeah. So Matt, Matt walks away, though. Thanks him for the kind gesture. Now, here's something I missed the first time I watched this episode in our next scene. What's up? We see a gentleman get out of the car and meet another gentleman out by the docks. They say it right away, but I didn't pick up on it for some reason. I just didn't hear it the first time I watched the ep- the first time I watched it. Okay. Now it's like it's obvious. I, it, I didn't realize it until like later in this episode who who it was. He says it right away. It's Ben Urich. He calls him Urich. It's like the first line he greets him as Ben Urich. Yeah. And I, I totally missed it the first time. And I was I, I didn't realize it until later this episode when he's like in the office with the newspaper. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's Ben Urich. Yeah, it is Ben Urich. We we meet Ben Urich, who I really think, at least for this season, is kind of the heart. Yes, show. absolutely. And I love the actor they picked for him. Yeah. Um, Vonde Va- Curtis Hall. Now, he's not exactly a known guy, okay? But I remember him. I was an HBO in the 90s kid, remember? Yeah. They did a movie about uh, Don King starring Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames, by the way, fantastic in this movie. Ving Rhames is tour de force as Don King. Yeah. But one of his uh, guys that he worked with in, that, in, in the movie was... The gentleman who plays Mr. Yurik here. And he was great in that movie, too. And he was a familiar face to me as an HBO kid. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. And he's good. Good character actor. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He brings, like we say, he's the heart of the season, the heart of the show. He brings uh, a lot of heart to this character who has ex- existed in the comic books. Ben Yurik is directly from the comics. Yep. And as we like to do when we introduce a new character, we like to give you a little comic book background. Uh, ben Yurik was created by Roger McKenzie and Gene Cohen, and he first appeared in Daredevil one number 153 in July of 1978. And he recurs often in yes. Daredevil. Now, Used one, a lot in the Bendis run, the Brubaker run. Anytime... Matt has to confide in someone. Often he confides in Ben Urich. Yes. Ben and Ben keeps his identity secret. Ben has even even in the midst of Matt's public identity outing, Ben kept his mouth shut and backed backed him. Because Ben researched and just like through journalistic reporting discovered who Matt really yes. was in the comics. Now this character is also a character who's got who's got his 
his feet in two different pools. He's also fairly regular in the Spider-Man world as well. Yes. Now I have some. When we get well, well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Yeah. Yep. So, so we have an interview here with. Uh, well, it's not an interview, but Ben's trying to get information out of a certain mob person, boss. Boss. I think it's clear they established it's a boss. And as they exchange for, in, you know, they're having a little inform- informational exchange. The rules. The rules are changing. Yes. And the new generation, well, whoever is behind the new generation of criminals entering entering Hell's Kitchen in New York City, they're not playing by the old rules no. like this gentleman's used to. They're playing by a new set of rules. And as he remarks, they don't just, it used to be they killed you, they send your wife flowers. Now they kill you. And her. Yeah. So they kill you and they send your wife after you. Yeah. So um, I, I've got written old families being pushed out. Yep. There's a mixture of confusion of who is doing the pushing from the old family's perspective. Right. Uh, they they have taken note of Matt, even though they don't know what he is, like who he is. Or what side is he on? Exactly. Right. Uh, but they also know that it's new families doing things in new ways. Um, and he, Yurk is warned. He's like, this one is like he said, they, they keep mentioning the rules. Yep. This guy warns Yurk, you want to sit this one out. It's <laughs> not the way it used to be. Yep. Cause Yurk, cause it's established that Yurk is a dedicated reporter, but he is a respectful reporter. Like yep. you mentioned earlier with, you know, even when in the comics, when Matt's identity became public. Um, which is interesting to see whether or not they do on the show at some point. Oh, they have to. Not they sure have they to. Will. Yeah. Um, Especially if they do it the way it was done in the comics. Mm. Anyway. Um, but we see here that Yurik has respect, is respectful to them in his reporting, because he never, like, when the guy went up for 10 years, he never dragged his sons through the muck. Right. Just him. Yep. And like you said, uh, this is establishing Ben as a heart of, of the season. Yeah. So so now we flash uh, over to the offices of Nelson and Murdoch. Quick observation. We? Quick observation. Uh, well, two things. First, Karen is hiding something. Number yes. one. Number two, when Foggy walks in, the office across the hall from Nelson and Murdoch is Atlas Publishing. Do you know what Atlas Publishing is? I don't. It's the original name of Marvel Comics in the 1930s. Atlas Comics. Timely Comics. Before it was timely, it was Atlas. Oh. See? See how learn something. See? Look at You're that. spinning all kinds of knowledge this episode, sir. So yeah. Um Karen had some paperwork that she Karen, doesn't want anyone Karen's to see. Karen's got some paperwork. A lot of people a lot of my friends who I've talked to who watched uh two episodes the two seasons of the show aren't the biggest fans of Karen as a character right now. Mm. But I'm just kind of saying every time they mention it, I can't, I can't say to wait. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like for you, for those of you out there who are comic fans and know eventually what path Karen takes. I know you guys are kind of chomping at the bed for us to talk about it. This is something I kind of want to wait till we get to in the show. I don't want to spoil. No, no, no. This no, particular thing. Just what's, what's the problem with Karen? Ah, and they they find some of them find her annoying. I think because she's not as flushed out yet in the show as she is in the comics. Mm. Are these the same people? Are these the same people that hate Skylar on Breaking Bad? I never watched Breaking Bad. Oh no! My wife did though. We need to she change that. It. It's 
I got enough stuff I'm watching. It, it, put it all aside. <laughs> put Breaking Bad at the top of the list. Okay, all right. so we see again Wesley. 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 The right hand of Kingpin, Wilson Fisk, comes to hire Nelson and Murdoch to defend our redheaded assassin from earlier in the show. Right. We don't quite know that just yet. Well, here's the thing. He wants to hire them, but he won't divulge his, his name or who he works for. Yeah, and Foggy sees the check. Sure. Foggy's on board. A lot of zeros at the end of that retainer check. Matt, Matt suspects something's amiss. Yeah, Matt is questioning. Yeah, rightfully so. So he, he, he follows uh, Wesley out of, the, out of the office, unbeknownst to Wesley. And you, he hears the ticking of his watch. He hears his heartbeat. He follows him from a safe distance. And he hears him get into a car and remark to somebody it's been taken care of. Yeah. And the car pulls off, so a little faster than Matt can keep up on right. his foot. And then we also see a quick nod to the previous episode where Matt is still injured. Oh, yeah. He's still leaking. Yeah. Still bleeding a little bit. Yeah. Well, he refused to go to the hospital. That's true. Now, we are in the office of, unfortunately, not the Daily Bugle. The Daily Bulletin, because at the time, Sony and Marvel were not yes. as friendly as they are right now. In and the comic books, dear listener, Ben Yurick is a reporter for the Daily Bugle. And we get to meet his editor here. And it's not J. J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson. Jameson. It's, he's, he's a little surly. I like this character, though. Me too. Especially in the second season. Yes, he kind of gets fleshed out. But even here, yeah. again, um, he does dump on Ben. He does kind of, like J- like J- like Jonah might, he does kind of crap on him and, and tells yeah. him what to do and how to do his job. But he does have a heart, clearly. And he puts context behind what yeah. he's asking. Because he's essentially He wants asking, a newer direction for the paper. Yeah, he wants Ben to do a fluff piece about subway lines. Ben wants to do uh, more on crime the family and allied story, the crime families. Correct. And he's like, this doesn't sell papers. We're barely holding on to our jobs as it is. We need something that's going to sell. Right. And we also find out in this scene that Ben is uh, dealing with insurance companies, as we'll find out later, uh, over the care of his wife. And his editor here goes out of his way to tell him that he will call the company, call the the company on his behalf and yeah. make things happen. So, again, tough, but um, the characters are being established with, you know, dignity and heart. So, and then we go to the precinct, the police precinct, where we are, Assassin is being held, and we learn his name is Healy. Healy. And his and lawyers come in. Is, well, one of his lawyers. Mr. Nelson. Foggy is questioning uh, Healy, and Healy is clearly feeding him lines that he has spoken numerous times before. Yeah, this is not, as they say, Healy's first rodeo. Yeah. Healy is described, I think, very aptly by Foggy as a shark in a human suit. Yes. Um, I did. Now, I made a little observation, though, because they refer to attorney-client privilege in this little scene. Anything that he tells them, they can't really repeat. It's confidential. And I I wrote down kind of like a confessional. Kind of. Kind of calling back to Matt and the priest earlier. Good call. Yeah. Interesting. So, and then Matt shows up. And Matt instantly wants more information. He says, yeah, sure, we'll take the case. Right. And Foggy's just like, um, no. And we get to see that there is a limit that Foggy will go to. Sure. Like, Foggy wants the firm to make money, and they joke about it a lot. 
and like his jaw hits the table when Wesley gives him the check. But we see once he's confronted with actual bad, dirty money, as, yeah. it, as it were, or actual human filth. Foggy, he, and they have a quick exchange when they get back to the office yeah. too. That flushes this out more, right? But we see that Foggy, essentially being a good person, does have that limit to where he will go. And Matt here, we should note, like, Matt is not obviously doing this for money. He's doing this for information. Yeah. So He wants to he wants to work his way up the food chain. Correct. But even though he's doing it for sort of, I don't want to say selfish reasons, but not necessarily altruistic reasons, uh, he does, when we get into the courtroom, he doesn't, even though he knows this guy is guilty... Yeah. He still respects the court above all. Yes. And defends and defends this yeah. man. This is the first episode we see Foggy Nelson in action in a courtroom and they establish with both Frank and Matt that they are very capable lawyers. Not only are they capable, but in Matt's case, even knowing that his client is guilty, he presents it to a jury saying the prosecution did not prove he, he, Beyond the shadow Matt, of the doubt. Exactly. Matt respects the process of the courtroom, which is ironic because he's a vigilante. But anyway, yeah. Matt, when he's in the courtroom, he does not play fast and loose. He is not a, uh, again, Breaking Bad, um, he is not a uh, Saul, Saul Goodman. Stop using um, references I don't get. Sorry, man. You really got to get on board here. Um, no, Matt respects the law. Yeah. To, to, a, to the degree that he does. It, it's yeah. so... Yeah. So uh, jumping ahead for kind of time's sake. Well, we get some information on Karen here. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, there's a scene that we want to talk about. We flash back to the bowling alley. Oh. Wesley shows up to collect the intended murder weapon. Ah, uh, yes. Which was stashed in the pinball machine. Correct. Which is being played by two guys who, well, let's they're, say, they're, they're, they're pretty clearly. They're douche, douche bros. Guys. Douche yeah. bros. Yeah. So the guy's like, wait, your turn, bro. I'm playing the game. Where's your turn? Wesley pr- to proceeds to take a quarter out of his pocket and place it on the machine. Oh. And what does he say? I got next. I got next. Oh, memories. This is a, memories. This is a fine tradition for those of us who frequented arcades in our youth. When you wanted, when the game was being played and you wanted your turn, particularly in fighting games, you put your quarter or your token on the machine. On the machine. Said I got next. Yep. So yeah, I I enjoy that team. Fun little. Oh, scene. me too. I was um, took took it right back to putt putt. Yep. Karen makes a deal with Union Allied. Well, well, they want to make a deal with her. She has proposed a deal. Yes. Basically, they want to buy her silence. Yes. They want to base. It's it's legalese, so we're not going to get too bogged down. But she leaked information to the press that got Union Allied in some trouble. Okay. Now because of that. Now, they can't prove she did it, but they they kind of yeah. know that she did. So and as if such... she admits she did it, they can prove that uh, they, clearly they see that she did it. She violates a non-disclosure act that she signed when she was hired by the company. Right. It's all very murky. So because her there's been two attempts on her life and they want her to go away, they try and buy her off and say, sign this. We'll six months salary. We'll give you six months salary and you can never tell anybody anything else about our company, yada, yada. Go away. Shh. Quiet, little girl. Also, I made a note that the gentleman that she was talking to, he looks Canadian. <laughs> he looks Canadian. Per look, tell, sir, what does a Canadian look like? That guy. They, <laughs> that look, guy. they look like that guy. 
He looks like he, he he looks very much like he would be the general manager of a hockey team. Um, I, you laugh. I'm telling you. All right. Okay. Um, not to offend any of our Canadian listeners. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying this gentleman. I know for a fact we do have some. Okay. Well, they, they'll they'll vouch. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll I'll go with you. Okay. So, um, but she's not having it. So yeah. she she goes to see. Uh, uh, the guy who died in her apartment's wife. Oh, Karen, what are you doing? Don't yeah. don't open that door. But she clearly has been bought off. Yeah, and she even she she tells Karen, "Go away. Yeah, leave it alone. Leave it alone." There's just like basically a, something's up with yeah, you. There's, there's a ominous feeling, very ominous. And then we get the the, the quick scene of um, Ben Urich's wife in the hospital. Yeah. And, and they'll, they'll touch now, us more. It's, they're going to get into it more, but basically she's she's in care of some kind. Yeah. It, oh, I forgot. I, see, I forgot. That's why she, I'm rewatching the show. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. She's in, um, so I wouldn't necessarily call it private duty nursing mm-hmm. because it's it's not happening in the home. Okay. But, and ben in, wants to take her home, though. Yeah. Eventually. Ben wants her to get well enough to be able to come home. Her disease is not necessarily disclosed. I'm guessing it's probably something along the line of Alzheimer's. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, very, very heart-touching scene. Again, you get to, every time Ben shows up, you get to like Ben more. Yes, yes, yeah. you do. So, In the offices of Nelson and Murdoch, however, um, the internet is not doing yeah, well. Yeah, apparently uh, physical violence towards computer I'm glad makes, you, I'm, makes them work I'm glad better. you said something, because I, I, I had to make a note, because, again, I'm in the uh, web development IT department, uh, you know, in, in as a career. Um, don't bang on the router. It doesn't work? No. Just don't. unplug it, give it 10 seconds, plug it back in. But, but like if you bang on it, no, doesn't it? No, like no. It, but no. the clog no. of the internet going through no. the wire. No, no. So it's not like it's not a series of tubes. It's not. It, you can't just dump on it like a truck. But that's a little internet humor for you. But if no, what if I no? Trust me. All right. Just trust me. Okay. Okay. You're gonna stop banging on my router. Good call. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're back in court. The guy gets off. Yeah. Phrasing. Uh, juror was bought. Juror was bought. Um, multiple jurors. Multiple jurors were, were bought. bought. And as a result, um, the jury is hung, and they will not retry him. He's, no. He gets off. Yeah, I'm guessing the judge was probably had a little grease in her pockets, too. Possibly. But uh, we find out that these jurors have all been bought by Wesley yep. and his little, his little network. Yep, and we find this out in a quick scene between Wesley and Owsley in the car. And Owsley's such a grump. He really he's so is, impatient. He's so like Ebenezer Scrooge almost. Uh, but still, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a great actor. Karen goes to York. Uh, does she? Yeah, she goes to Ben's office and says that there's more behind the Union Allied story. Ah, yes. Yep, she does. I missed that. My notes So here. those two meet, and a relationship that will last the rest of the season. And beyond. Forged. Yeah. Um, and then... Mr. Healy gets out of jail. Finally, yeah. Well, no, yeah. Before that, Mr. Healy gets out of jail, and, we're tr- and Matt shows up as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Proto-Daredevil. To find out what Healy knows. Right. And we are treated to probably the most polished and choreographed fight in the series to date so far. Well, it was three episodes, Cause, so... Because it's established wait, that... Wait, wait, wait. More polished and choreographed than the hallway? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there. this was more about technique. Okay. Where the hallway was just brute force. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, because we had clearly have two people who are trained, extensively trained in yeah. hand-to-hand combat. So there's, um, and I like how they still treat it with realism, to whereas, yes, it's a finger, air finger quotes, martial arts fight. Yeah. But there's still a common sense street level to it, i.e. when Healy picks up a giant metal pipe, Matt is moving away from him. Yeah. Still okay. fighting him, but while moving away. So Matt wins the fight, and Healy gives up the name. Well, first, I, before he gives up the name, I, I, I have to point out that um, Matt is doing the Batman voice here. He's, he's got a little, little, bit. Little, bit, little bit of Bale Batman voice happening here still. But at the same time, he's winded. He, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Not everything is Bale voice. Here's the thing. I don't like it. I don't like Bale voice, <laughs> but it's such a thing that I can't not hear it. It is such a thing. So anyway, yeah, yeah, he gives up a name and he says the name Wilson Fisk. Now, comic readers, we all went, huh. So, because we, you know, you yeah, know, we, we knew. knew. Yeah. But, um, but this is the first time they, first say, it time the they say it in the show. And apparently, as the man said it, um, he knows he wasn't supposed to say it. Yeah. And as a result of saying it, he will be killed. Everyone that he knows and cares about will be killed. He is a dead man, essentially. And he decides, because he has now spoken the name, and it can be traced back to him if word ever gets out, he impales his face on a fence post spike spike. of some kind. Yeah. Probably rusty. He might need a tetanus shot. He might need a body bag. (laughs) So I think this speaks volumes as to establishing the threat that Fisk is, the unknown threat. Yes. You know, previously we had it, you didn't even speak his name. Now we see the consequences of that name being spoken. Yeah. And then we cut, speak of the devil, as it were. The devil shall appear. Wilson Fisk. We get our first scene with Wilson Wilson Fisk. And not just Wilson Fisk. Also Vanessa. Vanessa. Wilson Fisk. Mrs. Fisk. The, well, obviously, the not yet, but soon to yes. be Mrs. Fisk. Spoilers. The next episode, we're going to go full bore into Fisk because that's his true debut. This is what, in in comic book parlance, the next episode is his first full appearance. This was his cameo appearance. This was his first cameo appearance. Yeah. So, like, if a character makes a first appearance, like the famous issue of Incredible Hulk that's touted as Wolverine's first appearance. It's number 181. But... His actual first appearance was on the last page and the last panel of, of 180. issue 180. Correct. But the first full appearance always has more value over something like that. Especially when he has cover treatment. So. Exactly. Anyway. So... Um, but, but as we can see immediately, D'Onofrio as Kingpin... Very imposing. Yes. Very, very, very imposing. Yes. Uh, They're discussing a painting. The significance of the painting we will discover later on in the series. Yep. But needless to say, I'm excited about next week's episode. Not that I wasn't excited about this one. We had a good time. We always do. But next week's episode is kind of like how we were excited about episode two. Next week's episode, we really get to talk about Fisk. I'm excited about that. So there you go. Issue or issue episode number three of Daredevil. Shot through it. I think we gave it its its a uh, its due. Ooh, look at that! See, um, yeah, it was a. It's obviously a. It's like we said last week. Laying groundwork, my friends. Yeah. Laying groundwork, and last it all week, pays off eventually. Exactly. Last week was 
Best episode of the season, but it just keeps getting better after that. This episode took it up a couple notches, but was predominantly laying groundwork, introducing Ben Yurik. All the episodes are great. We love them, but this episode was a, was a decent episode. Yep. All right. So that wraps it up for another episode of Devil's Due. Indeed. Again, if you would like to find us in the social medias, you can follow us at Twitter at the Devil's Due Pod. Uh, follow us, retweet us, tweet to us. We will respond back to you. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Devil's Due Pod. No, I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod, or you can just search the Devil's Due, or you can email email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Drew. Yes. Any parting thoughts, sir? No, sir. I'm uh, I'm all good. Uh, next next episode should be fun. All right. Courts adjourned. Uh, uh, um, I am the law. Stop it. I want to do a Stallone thing. Stallone has nothing to do with this. Okay. But, but he could. If he gets, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a promise. Okay. If Stallone gets cast in Daredevil season three, we will go back and re-record every last couple seconds of the show. Wow. Quoting a different Stallone line. Oh, okay. Does it have to be just Daredevil? What if he just gets a Marvel role in general? Daredevil. <sighs> Courts of Daredevil.